Nora Tolmy from Cartoon Saloon. And just to get started, I just want to see if you could introduce um, yourself uh, to our listeners and uh, just kind of explain what Cartoon Saloon is. Um, Cartoon Saloon is a uh, little company uh, um, who works from Kilkenny in Ireland, and um, we've been on the go for about 15 years now. So I met my um, my my partners in Cartoon Saloon, uh, Tom Moore and Paul Young, in college about, oh God, it's more than, it's about, what, oh, it's about 17 years ago now. So, um, and we've been, we've been making films and TV series and anything that we can do to keep the lights on, really, um, ever since. So that's who we are. We've made um, uh, The Secret of Kells about uh, five years ago, five or six years ago, which is a feature film about a young boy who um, uh, grows up uh, in Ireland um, from about over a thousand years ago and uh, is involved in the, the creation of the Book of Kells. Uh, we also made Song of the Sea, uh, which is just uh, released uh, now since December, I think, in the States. And um, that's another story about a, a young boy who discovers that he's, his younger sister is a sulky. So um, both of those were uh, nominated for an Academy Award, so we were over the moon with the, with the whole experience. So that's who we are, I guess. I think you're bearing the lead. I mean, you do have a Kung Fu skunk. I mean, that is pretty impressive as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry? I said you have a Kung Fu skunk as well, and that's that's pretty we impressive. Do. We do. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, I guess, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and we we were also uh, making a, a preschool show um, called Puff and Rock, which we were just uh, finished making the first series, and we're just making a second series now. So um, that's that's going to be really soon too. It's, it's all very exciting, and then we're big fans of animation here. So so again, a pleasure to have you on. And I just want to kind of start from uh, the beginning, I guess, in terms of of uh, your short films. And was really impressed, and we'll have a link up because you have posted on your website as well um, to from Darkness, which is uh, your re- uh, your animated telling of uh, the Inuit myth, the Skeleton Woman. And I'm curious, where did you encounter that story, and and what motivated you to to decide to animate it? Because it's a fantastic uh, retelling, and I think it's really great for the lack of dialogue as well. Is one of the ways that makes it. Just great visual storytelling. Oh yeah, I think maybe because it was my first short film, the reason why there is no dialogue is because I was so frightened about uh, recording dialogue and mixing it and all like all this kind of stuff that I knew nothing about at the time. So I think that's why it has no dialogue. So I was really motivated in, in making a film, I guess, as well. Though having said that, um, making a film that uh, could communicate to as, as wide an audience as I could possibly, because I knew that short films end up on international circuits quite a bit, and um, I, I really I, I love. Um, telling stories with with as, as little or or no dialogue as possible. Um, so we it was the first kind of uh, production that we did in Cartoon Saloon. We had gotten together to make The Secret of Kells, but at the time it was called Rebel, and we were thinking that maybe we could make it into um, like a TV feature or something like that. We didn't really know um, that we were going to make a, a, a cinema release feature film um, at that stage. So we had made a little. Um, a little teaser for the secret of kills, um, and so we, we, while we were kind of waiting to see if we can get the funding together for that, we um, began making this, this short film. So I came across uh, the story, and it was a, a collection of short stories, and I guess the, the 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 skeleton woman story really really struck me. I think because 
I think we were setting out doing things that we were a little bit frightened of, I think, in terms of striking out on our own and being, you know, making our own films and, you know, trying to trying to make it on our own instead of, like, um, getting, you know, serious jobs. Um, and the, the whole idea of um, being transformed by facing the thing that you fear the most, I think, was what really struck me about that story. Um, so... Uh, it was about 10 of us I suppose really got together and we, we, we made that short film everybody kind of concentrating on what they were best at I had a great uh, designer called Barry Reynolds and uh, we had storyboarders and uh, the whole lot art director and everything so um, so yeah it came together but like I said it's a very kind of subtle uh, and very silent kind of film but I think yeah there's, there's great power in silence so um, yeah I'm really proud of that film I think I mean you did a lot with the, the colour palette there too because you you chose the frozen north as as the <laughs> as the the area, and so you have these beautiful grays and and whites and 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 the 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 clear from from the ocean as well, and then you have this big blast of of sunlight from uh, or uh, maybe sunlight I don't know <laughs> from for for when the she's she's like sucking out the soul or whatever she's doing. I have no idea yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> It seems so menacing yeah. at first, and you've—I mean, just again—a great, a great uh, surprise ending in this short. So you'll have to—you'll have to go watch it, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a—it's a—it's a strange one, and I guess I deviated from the from the short story a little bit. In the in the short story, she she takes out his heart, and she drums uh, she drums on the heart, and she sings a song that kind of she sings the flesh onto herself, which is a. Uh, I, I couldn't really figure it out. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to make that, that one. That would that be going to fit with the way I, I had begun the, the the story. So I guess we 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 settled on something which was kind of the essence of the story, I suppose, but but also kind of uh, you know fit in um, with with the kind of you know the the atmosphere that we were we were setting up as well. I think. I'm just curious about your own story influences. So, what uh, what are kind of the the stories that that you you enjoyed most uh, growing up, or or that you would kind of, I suppose, aspire to to want to 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 bring to the screen sometimes? I mean, that you think hasn't been translated or or seen on screen mm-hmm. before. Yeah, there's some there's some really good ones. I, I I think growing up in Ireland, especially, we had really fantastic stories and. Um, I suppose maybe one that struck me the most was um, Oshin and Tirnanog. You have this um, Tuatha Danann, who are these um, uh, creatures who, who lived in Ireland, who were giant people, basically, um, kind of uh, these gods that lived in Ireland before humans lived there. And this is what pagan Ireland would have believed a lot. Of, you know, before Christianity came to Ireland, people would have believed that there were other people who had lived on the the island of Ireland before we did. And these giants. Um, so uh, Oshin. Uh, was the son of Fionn McCool, and he um, fell in love with this uh, strange princess who visited Ireland, and um, she took him to uh, Tiernan Oak, which is the land of the, the young across the sea, and uh, she told him that if he came with her that he could never return to Ireland, and so he did. He went with her, and he lived uh, what he thought were maybe three years, but actually hundreds of years had passed. Um, because the land that she lived in uh, was the land of eternal youth and nobody grew old there. But he really pined for um, Ireland and he pined to do battle and to kind of, you know, have a normal existence. I guess on Tiernan Oak things were perfect and there was no conflict and, you know, the, things were things were too good to be true. So he did come back to Ireland, but she made him promise that he would never, that he wouldn't set foot on the soil. So she gave him this horse, this beautiful white horse, 
that he had to ride uh, when he uh, across the sea back to Ireland, and he wasn't to set foot on on the ground. So he did. He he came back across the sea, and um, he saw these men uh, trying to lift a boulder on the side of the road, and uh, he wanted to help them. And uh, in doing so, he did lift the boulder because these these men, of course, were normal uh, mortal sized men not not giants as he was and when he had returned home he realized that you know that the whole country had changed the the, the place that he lived uh, and, and Tara was gone and um the, the the whole country had changed so much but when he tried to lift the, the boulder the, the saddle snapped and he fell to the ground and of course instantly was turned into a, a wizened old man but I, I find really funny about that story is at the end because um it was mainly the monks in ireland who um who recorded all these wonderful stories. But they always kind of tacked on a little Christian ending onto the whole thing. So at the end of the, the Oshin and Tiernan Oak story, he, uh, he meets St. Patrick's, St. Patrick, who um, is the patron saint of Ireland, and he, um, you know, immediately baptizes, you know, uh, Oshin before he dies, you know. So they're always funny, you know, kind of funny little um, add-ons where you can you can feel the hands of the monks that were trying to kind of, uh, you know, make everything as, as Christian as they possibly could and made sure that any of the old heroes of Ireland were, were, uh, were brought into the fold. But, um, yeah, so I suppose Irish... Uh, um, Myths have always been a huge influence on us, and certainly Tom here in uh, in Cartoon Saloon has been a massive influence on on his uh, storytelling. Wow, I think that's oh, oh gosh, we had a free, that was a free story that didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite quite thrilled. I know we can only talk talk about them in in general, but I will say that I really really enjoyed both films, obviously, and I, I think that the Oscars are are well deserved, even for the imagery alone, let alone for for encouraging people to to go back and and take a look at, at where where you guys source some of the these uh, characters and creatures from, which I think will get get people a little bit of added enjoyment as well. So <laughs> I'm quite biased. I think they'll, they'll, they'll enjoy that quite a bit and, and should absolutely do so. But, uh, gosh, uh, just in general, I just wanted to ask, like, what are, again, kind of getting to the root in general of, of what made you decide to go into into animation and so what what are those those uh those films that made you think this is what i want to do because this is the the course i want to pursue yeah it's funny with because i was i was i suppose as a child i was a fan of animation i didn't really get to go to the cinema uh much uh, as a young child i certainly um loved the whole the, you know disney uh, films would be on on a saturday afternoon on tv but beyond that i didn't really get to see a lot of animated films um, so I lo I really you know I I loved the the whole you know all the the Disney films really I loved anything with a bit of glitter in it and a bit of a, like you know magic dust was just my, my you know the the thing that I loved the most but I guess what um, influenced me more than anything else was just that I loved drawing um, uh, and um, that influenced my my choice of career because I I initially I think wanted to do fine art but realised that. Um, at the time, in a way, in, 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 here in Ireland, um, studying fine art, you would end up writing a lot of essays about your found objects rather than actually, you know, um, having a skill like like drawing. So that's why I went to animation college. Really, was to learn how to draw properly and to um, to to uh, start to draw every day, basically. Um, so that's what I did, um, and that's where I met Tom and Paul. And Tom is much more into animation, I think, as a you know, as a method of filmmaking than, than I um, 
um, and wants, I think. So, so uh, I, I kind of got um, caught up with his his dreams of making an animated film, and I guess from there I realised um, and began to kind of nurture my own uh, storytelling um, abilities and, and and wants. And I guess that's where I'm I'm happiest now is uh, being involved in the whole, you know, scripting and animatic kind of stage of of animation basically and that's that's what i love doing most now can my understanding is is at least what thomas said is that you actually produced essentially a rough cut of kels like you did like the animatics and then you did the voice uh, like a a cuff of what the voice would be and so essentially you really assisted with the scripting process especially for the the kids who are maybe even first time voice actors they're able to take a listen to to what you'd recorded and and knew what beats Mm -hmm. to kind of hit and that might have had quite a big uh, influence on the final product of the film, enough that he says you were the co-director. <laughs> so that's that's quite well, where you credited as co-director. Well, it, yeah, well, it's more than, um, I, I guess, with with making animatics, really, which is, yeah, you do, I mean, for an animated film, you get the script, but the script is never really final until you do an animatic, which is when you get the whole storyboard. You might have several different versions of different sequences in a storyboard, and you try and make the first cut, basically, of the film. Um, and for that stage, you do have to um, you have to put, have some kind of rough voices in there. You won't have the final actors because you, you couldn't afford them. Maybe in the in the you know in, in Pixar and DreamWorks and places like that, you would be able to afford to bring the actors in at an earlier stage. But actually, even I know in Pixar and DreamWorks, the animators and the, the story artists, they do again. It's called scratch voice. It's it's when you you do like a rough version of the voices yourself. But you do have to kind of give it as much as you can. You can't just read it straight out. You have to kind of pretend like you mean it. So, um, but uh, we we tend not to though. We wouldn't. We, that's kind of for our own benefit, so that we know how, um, the, you know how, how the film is going to, to to look and sound, kind of. But we would never put kind of the strictures on actors that they listen to our, our oh, gotcha. performances. <laughs> Uh, not even you know not even for for kids really um for the very youngest kids when we when we um uh act with with very young children we we ha- we kind of have to trick performances out of them like the, the the little boy in um in song of the sea um who played young ben and he's actually tom's uh, nephew kevin oh <laughs> yeah he was only just about um you know i think he'd only just turned four and he was really really shy um, so we brought him into a sound studio with big microphones and, you know, people standing behind glass and all this kind of stuff, and he was feeling really, really intimidated. So um, I I have two young boys myself, so I always have kind of toys in my in my handbag. So I had this little um, hand puppet, a little uh, kind of teddy bear hand puppet, and I sat the hand puppet behind the microphone, and basically the hand puppet... Um, directed Kevin for the whole uh, for the whole session and he opened up completely and he was so happy you know talking away to this hand puppet even though he was just standing right next to him <laughs> it was really it was really funny because when I put the hand puppet back in the in the handbag after the session finished um, Kevin went back to being really shy again so <laughs> but it's, that's, that's adorable it's lovely finding yeah <laughs> But it's lovely, I have to say, finding moments like that. And always when you do a scratch performance, when when uh, the real actors come on, they'll always give you something way more. Like I remember with uh, Fanula Flanagan in, um, in Song of the Sea, she plays a character who gives what could be quite a terrifying kind of performance, really, you know, uh, because, um, you know, well, I, I won't give the, the, the plot away, but it's uh, it, it could have been really, really terrifying. Uh, but she managed it so well that there's just the right amount of warmth in the whole thing I think um, she she just had such control of her her, her emotions and her, her vocal performance that um, she just you know she knew instantly what she needed to do and balanced it you know perfectly so 
I really, I have to tip my hat to, to actors like that who can just, you know, and funnel everything just through their voice when they are used to using their, their whole bodies and used to using their faces and that, and when they know what they have to give through their voice and can leave space for the animators as well, I think, to, to, to do their bit because an animated performance is part voice actor but part animator as well. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a great thing to be involved in, a very, very kind of exciting process. I think we are very excited to have you on, and <laughs> I guess uh, I appreciate uh, just all all of your time. And I, I think the the last question. Let me know if it's not a fair one, <laughs> because this has just yeah. been announced. So, so again, just keeping this as as general as possible. Uh, I think people were really excited to hear that that you're jumping immediately into into more feature work, and that the the next plan is for uh, for you to direct uh, a, a book. Um, the the breadwinner and just I, I, I mean again I know it's still in development <laughs> still in early stages so I'm not expecting to to apply all of the plot plot or like who are you who are you getting to voice everybody uh, when is it going to be out I, I just want to know I mean how how um why did you decide to approach that property it seems a really meaningful full work and where I think people will be really excited to see the end product yeah it's a it's a it's a great book by um. Uh, a Canadian screenwriter or uh, a novelist called Deborah Ellis, um, and we had a we had a, a draft of the script done by uh, Anita Doran, who's a, a Canadian Ukrainian um, uh, live action director actually, who, who who did a draft of the script. Um, and what, I guess what uh, attracted it was, so it's a, it's a it's a story about a young girl growing up in Afghanistan during the Taliban years. She cuts her hair and dresses as a boy because her father was arrested and she is the only means by which her family can uh, earn any kind of a living because um, she has a mother and an older sister. She, she's the only um, the only one, basically, who can go outside the door um, and earn a, earn a few uh, a, a few dollars or a few, a few quid, as they say in Ireland, um, um, just as a chai boy, as a, as a tea boy, or, or doing kind of odd jobs. Uh, to try and bring some some money into the the household, and I suppose what struck me most about the the story was this really really strong um, female character I think who is quite uh, flawed and uh, childish in ways, but um, and had normalised kind of really extraordinary circumstances, um, and it was just a, a really real story I guess, and uh, it it's a story that needs to be told, and I think as many people as possible need to to see it and to. Um, to understand, I suppose, children around the world who uh, do undergo uh, or have burdens that children shouldn't bear, I suppose, really. That I, I think these are all elements that really kind of attracted me to the project. Um, so, yeah, we started we started storyboarding now, so um, we're, we're, we're working away on it. So, uh, two years of, of, a, of a, a project ahead, and then eventually it'll be released, I guess, at some point in uh, 2017. Very exciting <laughs> and worth the wait because I mean we were I was just quite thrilled to to finally get to see Song of the Sea in the theaters and I'd done so with Kells as well and I just I'm, I'm hoping that the next one it's going to be just kind of a, a snowball where where people have, have just kind of trust the quality so much that we won't have to wait six months before it comes out <laughs> it will get it'll get that wide release immediately because man these films have been fantastic for for animation fans and. Um, I guess the the only other question I, I would have about 
um, because because you've been so generous with your time, and I'm already uh, I'm already getting into that territory where you're like, I'm gonna waffle on if we go past 15 minutes. I'm I'm the one waffling, so no worries there. <laughs> Practically a Belgian waffle. I'm deep fried at this point. But the the idea, the idea would be just to to find out where. What uh, were you aware that you were going to choose the 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 kind of unique visual style that that you did pursue with um, the last two films uh, as a studio? Was that something that that got creative input from from everybody? the The idea of kind of making it look like an illustrated manuscript, and or was that just something that came about naturally because you were were ta- uh, talking about about the Book of Kells? Well, I, yeah, I think I think part well certainly it was it was to do with the the, the kind of rich um, resource that we had in the in the book of Kells, which is an actual book, which is uh, um, it, we we still have it in Ireland. It's in Trinity College in Dublin, um, so you can you can walk in and and have a look at it, and you can see the the amazing um, uh, craftsmanship in the book and the the artwork that's there is absolutely gorgeous. And certainly at the time, I think around the time when we were doing From Darkness and we were looking at the making the trailer for for The Secret of Kells, that first trailer, which we uh, used to, to try and get funding to make the feature. Uh, we were probably more influenced by um, American design, I guess, the whole Disney thing and that. And uh, it was our French co-producer, actually, Didier Brunet, who uh, said to Tom, just, you know, find your own voice, um, which he did, uh, very much so. But I think we probably all aligned around that kind of look because we none of us really wanted to do 3D um, uh, films, uh, kind of because you couldn't really do the kind of quality that we were looking for with the budgets that we could raise. So we kind of um, knew that we could do that, you know, with, with 2D, that we could have the kind of design sensibilities and um, have the kind of render the final uh, um, screen stills really that we were, we were after with, with 2D. Um, so in a way, I guess we always kind of attract people with similar um, sensibilities uh, partly, and but partly it's kind of a language that we've come to 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 speak, I suppose, within the studio, this kind of uh, shared sensibility. But having said that, we do try and push it for each project that we're on. I mean, the breadwinner will look uh, somewhat similar but somewhat different as well, I think, from Song of the Sea and Secret of Kells, and certainly will be more steeped in Afghan and, you know, the, the look, really, I guess, and, and culture than... than and you know, obviously, Kells would have been open. So we do we do try and find each each um, project's own voice. But but having said that, there are shared sens- sensibilities in the whole thing. I, th- I think again, audience have been have been generally floored. So <laughs> give, give it up, give it up. <laughs> but then the uh, um, I guess really to 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 close would be um, you were talking about the the idea you just didn't think that you could get um, that kind of three D animation is. Is most animation um, in Ireland uh, traditional 2D, or is it mostly 3D, or just kind of what is the what's the general climate? Because I know, I mean, you, I think the most prominent Irish studio, but but it seems to be that Ireland is more and more uh, being taken seriously as kind of like an animation world power, <laughs> as it were. It, yeah, we we have a strong tax incentive here. We have a very good uh, film board here who are really supportive to um, Irish industry. Um, we have both 2D and 3D. Um, certainly there's a company which I, I, I spent a year uh, in when I when I graduated first called Brown Bag uh, Films who they make um, they make 3D um, they make um, uh, uh, things like Doc McStuffins um, so they, they, they do make um, a 3D uh, series 
um, and there's another company called Giant Creative. They they do three D as well. Um, yeah, there's a mix of both, but um, we're I think we're the only ones doing um, feature at the moment. Um, so yeah, for us, I, I mean, I, it's not that we I mean, there are there is there are some three D elements in in the the films that we make. We just kind of you know cloak them to look like they they, they blend into the kind of two D design. Um, so there's both definitely going on in Ireland. Um, and yeah, Ireland is a is, a, is is the industry is just incredible here. Really, um, it's it's really really strong, and it's uh, we have a good problem of of finding it hard to get uh, Irish people to work on our projects because there's so much employment in Dublin, and we're a little bit out of the way. We're in a, a, a in the Midlands, kind of where in Kilkenny, which is it's harder to get people to move down here. Um, but um, no, it's it's a great it's a great time to be involved in animation in Ireland for sure. Oh gosh, I have to say thank you so much for your time. I think that'll You're be it. Uh, and is there is there other than just giving you the most um, potential to promote as possible? Is there anything at all that you'd want to uh, pass along? You think we'd we'd missed, well, or where people obviously can find you online, yourself and yeah, Cartoon absolutely, Saloon. yeah. And there is um, well, we would be setting up. Um, uh, Tom started a, a, back in two thousand and five. I think he started blogging for uh, the Secret of Kells. Um, so we're going to start blogging for. Uh, the breadwinner as well um, I think uh, fairly soon but also just um, Song of the Sea has its own Facebook page where you'll see where the, the film is, is still open and where it's opening um, because it's kind of on a, a limited release but it's a, it's a kind of a long term release as well where it's, it's, it's opening in different cities and uh, um, all, you know every week it's, it's, a, it's in a new city so just check out uh, Song of the Sea's Facebook page and, uh, and hopefully as many people as possible will go and see the film Absolutely we'll have this up before We'll have this up hopefully before St. Patrick's Day. So the idea being that it will be in theaters when people will have the most interest, hopefully, <laughs> in Irish culture mm-hmm. in America. But also while it is still here in Indianapolis and Chicago and Detroit, where we're in the in the Midwest here, where most oh, of our okay. listeners are. And we can hopefully get some butts in seats because if you do not see this film, you will kick yourself. This is a wonderful <laughs> movie. Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.